Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of First Universalist Church, a Unitarian Universalist congregation located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are a radically welcoming and progressive religious community, deeply committed to love, justice, spiritual growth, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Here we are together. We are together online and in person and also across time listening to this recording. I'm so glad we're together because we need to be together. So much is going on. Some of us are grieving. We lost a beloved in this community and that hurts. Let's breathe into that together. Some of us organized and had a very successful action at City Hall. Some of us gathered to find stronger connections in our different justice and faithful action teams. Let's breathe into that. Some of us are still parenting little people in a pandemic. Some of us are being parented during a pandemic. Some of us are struggling with chronic illness or addiction. Some of us are ready to burn things down because we are so tired of the cis-heteropatriarchal capitalist racist ableist nonsense. Can I get an amen? Thank you. My name is Julika. I am the Director of Liberation and Transformation Ministries here at First Universalist, and I am very pleased to welcome you. You are in good company. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're online, people. I see you. Welcome to a church where we are figuring all of these things out together. Because do we have all the answers? No. Do we know when this pandemic will end? No. Do we have easy fixes to centuries of oppression and colonization? No. But that won't stop us. That won't stop us from gathering in many ways from finding strength and comfort and grace in each other. That won't stop us from continuing to work on our spiritual practices, on staying connected, on working for collective liberation, and from leaning in to be supported when we need that support. Welcome. It's good to be together. I have a couple of announcements. Did you know that there are 38 tickets left for the Anne Reed and Joan Griffith concert? 38 tickets left, people. Go to the website, get your tickets. It's next Sunday at 2 p.m., and if you have questions, talk to the guy. In two weeks is also our annual meeting on the 27th, and you need to register on Zoom, and you can do that also online, and you can also find the links to this in the weekly liberal, <laughs> in the weekly liberal that came out on Thursday or Friday, I think. Um, so that, that's a place where you can also get the links for this information. As we prepare for worship, let us begin with a land acknowledgement. I invite you to center. I invite you to send your awareness down 
to Mother Earth. We collectively acknowledge that Minnesota is located on the traditional, ancestral, and contemporary lands of indigenous peoples. As people residing on this land that was cared for and called home by the Ashanabi, Dakota, or Northern Cheyenne peoples, and other native peoples from time immemorial, we offer this land acknowledgement, affirm tribal sovereignty, and hold ourselves and our affiliations accountable to American Indian peoples and nations. Also, we acknowledge and honor the Black, Asian, and immigrant peoples who built the wealth and infrastructure of this land, most, much of it as racialized slaves. This traumatic legacy of which exists today in the USA where slavery still flourishes legally as mass incarceration. We commit to building a just and equitable world together with and for people of all colors, a planet more secure, harmonious, and safe, and life-giving for all creation. Yes, we do. Hmm. I invite you not only to breathe with me, but to sigh with me. You who are brokenhearted, who woke today with the winds of despair whistling through your mind, come in. You who are brave but wounded, limping through life and hurting with every step, come in. This place is sanctuary and it is for you. You who are filled with happiness, whose abundance overflows, come in. You who walk through your world with lightness and grace, who awoke this morning with strength and hope, you who have everything to give, come in. This place is your calling, a riverbank to channel the sweet waters of your life the place where you are called by the world's need. Here, we offer in love. Here, we receive in gratitude. Here, we make a circle from the great gifts of breath, attention, and purpose. Come in. Nora's going to light our chalice. Please join me in speaking our covenant. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to speak the truth in love, and to help one another. have a story for us today. It's inspired by the ancient epic poem, The Conference of the Birds, by the Persian Sufi Muslim writer, Attar. Here's how it goes. 
Once upon a time, all the birds in the land decided they needed a leader for their community. A leader, they thought, would make their community stronger. So representatives of all the bird species gathered to discuss finding that leader. A leader will tell us the right thing to do, said the robin. A leader must be wise, said the owl. A leader must believe we each are important, big and small, said the sparrow. I want the leader to be caring, like a friend, cooed the dove. Yes, the leader can help us share and get along better, said the jay. The leader must make us feel safe, said the hawk. I know where you can find such a leader, said the hoopoe bird. It is the Simorg, and it lives far away from here. The birds were very excited. They said they were willing to go anywhere to find such a leader. It might be dangerous, said the hoopoe bird. A few of the birds looked troubled, but all of the birds voted to go and find the Samorg. So the hoopoe took off, and all the birds followed. They flew at night. They flew in the sunshine, days and days they flew. Some birds got tired and left the group. Other birds were filled with doubt. How did they know the Samorg really even existed? Only the hoopoe had ever even heard of this bird. Some of the doubters dropped out, but the others kept flying. One valley they needed to cross was filled with fiery mountains. All the birds were afraid. I'm too small to make it over that mountain, lamented the sparrow. No, no, keep flying. We can make it together. We'll help you. And they did. The strong flyers helped the weaker flyers. The birds with good vision helped find food for the group. Along the journey, the birds learned how to better respect, share, and care for each other. It seemed that every bird had something special and unique to offer that made the journey easier. Finally, the hoopoe announced, we're here. The other birds looked around in anticipation. Where is the smirk? We don't see him, they cried. Come on, they're over here, said the hoopoe. The birds stood beside the hoopoe and realized that they were standing on the edge of a lake. They looked in and saw their own reflection. And then they understood. The Samorg was not another bird. The Samorg was all of them, and all of them were the Samorg. They remembered that each of them had done something strong and good and special on their journey. Each bird had gifts to bring. They were all that was needed to keep the community going. They knew now that together they could do anything. 
That's how it is here at First Universalist Church, too. The Samorg is all of us. Each brings their gifts to share. Sometimes we're tired or despairing, lost or afraid, but always there are others to encourage and help us so long as we reach out. Today, we recognize some of those volunteers who have been our helpers, leaders, encouragers, inspirers, and workers on behalf of us all through this time of pandemic. If you have contributed in one way or another that we name, please come forward and choose a chalice as a symbol of our gratitude. And if you are with us online, please identify yourself as a volunteer in the chat and let us know if you would like a chalice delivered or set aside here at church for you to pick up. In fact, if you're online, you might also share in the chat how a volunteer has helped you in a meaningful way at First Universalist. Today, we recognize those who have blessed this community in body and soul, welcoming newcomers, providing solace for grieving families, helping to bring life and love into our worship space through music, spoken word, and visual arts. As you have lifted us up, we lift up those who have served in congregational care, pastoral care, memorial service volunteers, welcome teams, ushers, office volunteers, choir, orchestra, visual arts committee, chalice lighters and youth readers, special music and worship creators and collaborators. of faith, justice, and love, who has shown up as trainers or as repairers, those who have taken their place in the circle and made room for others to do the same. As you have lifted us up, we lift up those who have served on the nominating committee, 
the Foundation Board, the Board of Trustees, the Faithful Action Council, team leads and participants in our Faithful Action Ministries, Racial Justice Education Team, Change Team, Asylum Sponsorship Team, Accessibility and Inclusion Team, I love this, Sanctuary and Resistance Team, Annual Giving, Planned Giving, Community Investment Team, Building and Grounds Team, Garden Volunteers, SPIF, and the Building Renovation Team. And if you have served in another way that we have not named, please accept our sincere apologies and know that we appreciate you as one of us, another wing of the mighty Cyborg. And come get your chalices. And please hum along with us. Each week, when we gather for worship, we make time to extend the care of this congregation. As we enter this time of care and holding, I invite you to join me in a few moments of silence, finding our place in the dance that is this life. This is a week in which our congregation has been holding so much. Deep loss, leaps of faith that justice will come. Joy at victories large and small. The daily commitments of recovery. If your heart is full of sorrow this morning, please feel yourself held. Imagine us circling around you, holding you in our love and care. If your heart is full of joy this morning, please feel yourself held. Imagine us circling around you, helping to spread your joy far and wide. If your heart is full and wants to be held in the embrace of this community, know that this congregation holds you in its love. And I invite you now to speak aloud, to type into the chat or to hold in the sanctuary of your heart those things you would like to hold in the space of this sanctuary this morning. Congregation, will you pray with me? Spirit of light and love, a creative spark that moves within us and among us and beyond us this day. 
gentle us, Holy One. Help us to feel the embrace of this community. Help us to feel the love and the care that surrounds us. The embrace of those we know, the embrace of those we don't know. In our sorrow and heartbreak, help us to know that we can lie back and the ocean that is this congregation will hold us. And spirit of life, spirit of love, if we have a little extra energy, if we have a little bit of resilience to share, help us to be that ocean, holding and held. May we know ourselves held always by a larger love that will not let us go. And so we pray that the grip of addiction be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that joy break through, that truth be told, and that love make every suffering bearable for us all. May it be so, and amen. fascinated by murmuration, the movement of a flock of starlings, turning, swirling, undulating through the sky. Ellis Delaney, singer and member of this church, in a song called How Would It Be, offers us, asks us this question. What if all the birds are flying 
just to show us. In preparing for this service, I did a little reading, just enough to be dangerous, on what we humans think we understand about why starlings engage in murmurative behavior. I don't know if that's a word, but it's a word now. What's fascinating about this question is that if you pull back just a little bit, it's quite clear that at least one factor in our explanations is the culture of the people doing the explaining, the culture of those trying to understand. Let me, let me explain a little bit. One observer, British, former soldier, observing after the First World War, looking at the behavior of starlings, noted that they aligned themselves in what he termed the principle of pecking distance, spacing themselves out so that they could deliver a blow or rebuke to the birds around them. Some time later, more scientists, in working to explain this behavior, postulated that starlings murmurated as a defensive move. The scientists proved this by sneaking into areas where the starlings congregate and placing plastic predatory birds in their midst. Do you imagine this with me? I imagine people in lab coats, army crawling through fields, carrying a bag of plastic birds over their shoulders, trying to be as stealthy as they can while birds are flying overhead, probably wondering what the heck the humans are doing. Not surprisingly, the starlings reacted. To the plastic predators, perhaps. And of course, more recently, Adrian Marie Brown, oracle and prophet of movements around the world, looked at this phenomena along with the shoaling behavior of fish and our own sometimes clumsy attempts to electric slide or cupid shuffle our way into the collaborative dance of life and said, hey y'all, what if they're doing this for the sheer unbridled joy of it all? So perhaps you see what I'm pointing at, that the culture of the observer influences what it is that they observe. So we might ask, what was happening that the British observer found optimal spacing for correction and rebuke, that he seemed to be interpreting starlings through the lens of maintenance of social control? We might ask, what was happening that scientists observing the same behavior saw instead collective defense from predators, survival of the species, survival of the fittest. Validation, perhaps, of a Darwinian paradigm that has come to color so much of the way we understand the world. We might ask, what was happening that an oracle and prophet found joy and pleasure at the sheer delight of living that starlings murmurate for no one but themselves in a dance that expresses the creative spark of the universe flowing through flesh and bone. That she says, humans, take note. And that she later curated and published a book 
titled Pleasure Activism. We might ask, what is happening that a Unitarian Universalist minister looks to the natural world seeking a reflection that might help us orient and understand our times and comes back with one image, three interpretations, and the question, what if all of these are a part of the truth? How would it be if ours was a murmuration that could hold all? Back to the scientists for a moment. Conventional scientific wisdom on this kind of flocking behavior, and they believe this to be true for schools of fish as much as for murmurations of starlings. This conventional wisdom holds that these schools, these murmurations, operate because each individual is orienting its behavior to the five to seven individuals in its immediate vicinity. I don't know about you, but I can almost feel the delicious temptation to take this as a direct allegory for how we are in church. And here's what I know. Hanging out in our minds is a place that we are very comfortable. But like Morpheus said to Neo of The Matrix, you cannot be told what The Matrix is. You have to experience it for yourself. So friends, let's do an experiment. Let's play a little bit. Let's try our hand at a form of murmuration. So how was that for you? What did you notice? What was it like to listen to the five to seven people in your immediate vicinity? Were you listening just to them? Or were you listening to the larger space and reacting to it? Did you try to figure out ahead of time what was going to happen so that you could be sure to do the right thing? Take a minute 
take a minute to turn to one of the people next to you and to share your thoughts, share your experiences. If you're online, please share your thoughts, share your experiences in the chat. How would it be? How would it be if we could embody the wisdom of the starlings? Dancing in the sky as we listened and moved in awareness of and connection to those closest to us, the five to seven people with whom we orient when we breathe and move together. I saw a version of this happen this week. In fact, it's what inspired much of this homily. As you might know, many of your fellow church members are engaged in the work of liberation and transformation. In fact, it is likely that you are yourself. This last week, liberation and transformation called us to show up again at the side of families of young black men whose lives have been taken at the hands of the police. Amir Locke's family and community called us to show up for accountability, to show up for justice. And our congregation heard that call and prepared itself to show up. An action had been planned for earlier in the week and then as people began to move and organize, the request to pause went out. Amir Locke's family requested a pause. They requested a slightly different strategy. And then I saw something that gave me hope. And here's what it was. The folks organizing pivoted. In response to this request, they pivoted, they slowed down, they changed plans, they centered the request coming from Amir's family. This may not sound like a very big deal, but I have to tell you that in my time and in my organizing experience here in the Twin Cities, this is tremendous. Sadly, Groups of predominantly white liberal folks have historically not been good at taking direction from people of color. In fact, that is why we talk about the need to take direction from people of color here at this church as being one of our central commitments. And so what I saw this week was not just an expression of our deepest commitments and highest aspirations, but also an expression of what some of the organizers appropriately labeled murmuration. Was it a response to changing conditions and a call to shift and turn on the fly? Yes. Was it a call to circle up around the folks most directly impacted? Yes. Was it a call to leave no one out? Yes. Was it an expression of our deepest commitments and values, even as it stretched some of us further than they thought they could stretch? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And here's why. Murmuration is not an intellectually arrayed and optimized act of efficiency, social control, or defense against the predators at the edges. It is an expression of life 
It is an expression of love. It is the way we move when we feel that deep spirit of life moving through us. When we center our hearts and relationships on our fellow human beings and the common humanity and destiny that unites us all. Perhaps you felt a little taste of this when we just played. And so, church, I invite us into these questions about murmuration so that we might be prepared for future opportunities to live aligned with our values the way that we were this week. We might know and have practiced orienting ourselves to the five to seven people around us whose wisdom and commitments and relationships we trust to guide us well when things may not be immediately clear. I invite us into these questions about murmuration so that we might know and have practiced orienting to the principles and the commitments that we look for when we do the work of transformation and liberation. I invite us into these questions so that we might know that transformation and liberation is a dance that takes all of us just like we practiced and recognized earlier this morning when we recognized all of the many people that it takes to make church happen during the week and on Sunday. That we might know that we do all of this grounded in joy, knowing that when we learn how to breathe and move together, trusting each other and relaxing into the joy of it all, that what we can accomplish is almost limitless. May it be so, and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, and together we give, receive, and grow in the universalist spirit of love and hope. To learn more about who we are and our ministry, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.